Comets in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned because each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Renovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Renovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am inevitable. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself will be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also love to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, I've been waiting to get onto this one. (laughs) Waiting to find out (laughs) what your opinion is. What are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we're going back to 2008 and a semi-spectacular um, cast, I've got to say. So we've got Samuel L. Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, the amazing Eva Mendes, Dave. Uh, obviously, Scarlett Johansson, amazing, but <laughs> Eva Mendes, especially in this, is the Frank Miller directed, Dave, the spirit. Um, I have no bookmark on this at all, other than when you said we're doing it and I had to find it. And uh, what about yourself? Well. I think somewhere in my mind, I think I've seen this, Chris, but I, I didn't, when I was going through it, I was like, you know what? I'm not actually sure if I have seen this or not. And in my hazy memory, I'm thinking, oh yeah, the spirit. <clears throat> Alec Baldwin was in that. No, he wasn't, Chris. Alec Baldwin was in The Shadow, <laughs> which came out in the 90s. In the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually seen that, The Shadow, I think. Yeah, I think that one's going to be pretty bad when we come to, to sort of go back past that one. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen this at all. But when, when you look at it, you're like, wow, that is an all-star cast. This is almost like the Avengers, isn't it? Yeah. Before. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, you've got Samuel L. Jackson there, like you say. You've got Scarlett Johansson. Eva Mendes, of course, you know, the uh, girlfriend or the love interest of Johnny Blaze in your favorite, yeah. Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of comic book royalty in this movie. And uh, what prompted me to bump this one up the list, so Matt B. Lloyd and uh, Tony Farina, they 
went on to the first episode of classic comics and talked a lot about the spirit and you know his background and everything his character that's been around wrote by or created by will eisner i think it was 1940 they said if you want to know about the character go and give that a listen we'll include it in the show notes really really great listen and it enthused me chris and i thought you know what we need to watch that movie my God, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, uh, Matt, I remember, did say he didn't think much of the movie as well. But I thought, you know, oh, it sounds like such an interesting character. And maybe if, you know, because we don't have that baggage, I've, I've never read any of the spirit. It was actually a magazine as opposed to a, a classic, a, a comic format, I guess. Um, so maybe it's not, totally true to the character but you know it sounds kind of good doesn't it you know it's almost like this sin city this neo-noir kind of uh pulp story you know all you know got a bit of violence in there gangsters and, and stuff like that and i thought we had the ingredients to be something quite good to be honest <laughs> but there is a big ball, I think, Dave. So well, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, spoil yeah, yeah. or show my cards too much. There is a but. But before we get into the but, and I'm not talking about Eva Mendez here, uh, but that did make an appearance no later on, didn't it? Yeah, steady. Um, I think we should get into our trailer. Let's go. Chris, 
Denny Colt is also known as the Spirit, and he learns about a major case from Detective Sussman involving his nemesis, the Octopus. The Spirit dons his costume and travels across the rooftops, saving a woman before connecting with Officer Leibowitz. At the Swampland, Femme Fatale Sansarif rises from the water to shoot Sussman. Now, Chris, what you, uh, I'll particularly stop at that bit because I think you might have something to say there. Uh, what do you reckon to the opening of this one? Well, it starts off, and even the type of the cover, the VHS DVD, not VHS 2008, the DVD is very much Sim City, uh, Sim, Sin City. It's not a video game day. The Sims. <laughs> yeah, it's Frank Miller again. Is this in the same universe as such? Because no. it's the whole... Oh, right, okay. So so the whole black and white thing, like Sin City, the colour, the reds stand out on pretty much everyone, especially on the spirit with his tie and everything. So he starts off pretty well. I'm thinking, you know what? And I know we've alluded to reading some of the stuff on Discord and that on our group and stuff online, like how bad it is. I'm thinking, you know what? This might be up my end of the street, this. It could be something alike. It's fucking not, Dave. This is a bag of shit. It is just confusing mess of a film. I couldn't work out... Like, Denny Cole, who's the spirit, the guy who plays in Gabriel Max, is terrible. Um, the, the acting is off, and I'm thinking, is this because it's... I'll I tell you what it is. For me, Dave, you know what this feels like? As someone who, who loves these video games and I love things, it feels like I'm... And there's a game, Max Payne, I think I said this with Sin City Review, but it's like a version of, say, Max Payne 2, where I feel as if I'm watching acting in a script from a video game, which now most video games that are worth the soul are like movies. Like, I've just done Miles Morales, and I love that game. And I'll be honest with you, Dave, at the end, it's a proper tearjerker you know at the end you're proper lump in the throat and I, i'm happy to admit there was a couple of tears going down there i was making sure no one was watching me when this happened day <laughs> but i had set on fully engrossed with the music the acting because they look so real you know now that the, the caricatures and, and the people that they make in these games and this is what this feels like it feels like i'm watching cutscenes from a computer game and it's leading into you know when you take over the bits of the, of the game and you're going to fight or whatever but we have to have a full um, little movie clip of what's happening and why that why they're in this situation, and and that's why it, it's just shit. But I can relate to it because it felt like I was watching a really bad computer game story arc. Yeah, I think the problems start. So so I think a lot of people will think the same as you. It's like, well, is this just a chapter of Sin City? Is, it, is this all the yeah. same? So, like I say, this is a character that's been around since 1940. So, you know, proper golden age character, golden, comic golden age character. Frank Miller wrote the source material for Sin City. I, th I think it was Dark, Dark Horse that he released yes. it as. <clears throat> and he was, you know, approached um, – by the, I think it was the Will Eisner Foundation to basically say, look, could you write a screenplay for the spirits? And initially, he wasn't that keen. He thought it'd be too big. He, he couldn't do it. And then uh, somehow they changed his mind. Usually, Chris, that means they give him a big suitcase of cash or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably something along those lines. Now, he's obviously... so so. Well, actually, before we go on to that, 
Robert Rodriguez for me is a he's a world class director. You know, we we love like the likes of From Dust Till Dawn, Desperado, things like that. Robert Rodriguez is a top top director for me. He was the driving force behind Sin City, as far as I'm concerned. Frank Miller gets you know that co credit because of his source material and his input into uh, into the movie. But for me, it was it was Rodriguez at the wheel. Here, Frank Miller just gets complete carte blanche to you know write whatever story he wants. You know, he's that kind of take the essence of the character, but not actually. He's not adapting a specific story, as far as I can as far as I can tell. Now, the problem is, Sin City is really quite dark, isn't it? If you remember, I mean, we haven't yes. covered the yeah. second one, but the first one, you know, it's really dark. Um, and I, I think in the States, it's R rated. In the UK, it would have been an 18, I think, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, it was. No, yeah, it was. Yeah. For, for this one, the spirit, it's more like a PG 13, isn't it? So you're taking that dark, gritty world, that stylized look, and it's not exactly like Sin City because most of that was all green screen stuff. Whereas here, it looks like you've got more real locations, and and you know the lighting's a bit different. The contrast isn't quite as as sharp, so it, it looks you know very stylized, but not not in exactly the same way as Sin City does. But I'm with you. When it first starts off, I'm thinking, huh, I, I might be into this. Where it absolutely turns on a dime is actually, you know, so after old Sansarif gets out, and I thought that was, uh, I might rewound that a couple of times when she pops out of the water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when, when the octopus played by Samuel L. Jackson gets a massive fucking wrench and then, you know, hits the spirit with it. You know, the guy from Suits, essentially. And yep. he's better yep. in uh, he's better in TV acting, I think. And then he gets a toilet and bashes him over the head with a toilet and says, come on, toilets are always funny. And I'm like, what? Toilet? What? <laughs> yeah. That, for me, was a line that was on par with, you know, Halle Berry's X-Men line, you know, what happens when a toad gets hit by lightning? Same thing as everything else. That was on a par. It's like, toilets are always funny. And I was just like, what are they going for here? The, the tone of it was just all over the place. So either give me this Sin City, dark, you know, gritty world that's very stylized and tells, you know, these these hard stories or give me something like, uh, you know, give me something like that. But I actually treat it with the tone that is akin to Batman 66. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you've said, because I think what what I'm calling out on this, Dave, is Samuel L. Jackson. Now, I know his career started pretty much from Pulp Fiction. Pretty much. He'd had other, you know, he'd been in Jurassic Park and things like that. But his main movie, I remember properly, was probably... Pulp Fiction, realistically, yeah, yeah. you know, that's everyone. And his career elevated from there. Now, the guy's 70, so he was mid-40s when he really hit his stride. And I've got to give him props because it's like the old saying, and I know it's a fucking cliche, but the more times you get 
something wrong, eventually something's you know you're going to get something right because you learn. Um, you know, failure is the mother of learning. At the end of the day, that's what they say. Repetition is as well. And he's done some utterly amazing movies, but he's done some fucking shit movies as well. Like some really, really bad. And he'll put his name to anything, you know. And and this movie in this. I don't know whether he didn't give a fuck or whoever edited edited it did such a bad job, you know, because he's terrible in it. I mean, he's hammering it up to the levels of... He's almost parodying himself on like a Saturday Night Live skit that you see, and they're not even funny anyway. I don't see the attraction Saturday Night Live at all. But maybe it's just lost in translation across the Atlantic. But I just don't find them funny when I see them, when they're parodying people. But it's like I saw... Jim Carrey do it about a year or so ago. And he, he came on Saturday Night Live where he was really famous from coming on, doing all the stupid face and that. And all the other comedians come on dressed as characters out of Jim Carrey movies. So we had Cable Guy, The Mask, you know, mm-hmm. his Ventura. He goes into a bar, these various the Truman show, and they're all taking the piss. And this is what it feels like watching Samuel L. Jackson. It feels like he's just either doesn't give a fuck or he's literally taking the piss out of himself and it's an in-joke that we're not privy to because his performance is terrible for me. I, I really, really was like, you are taking the piss out of everybody. Who's, is anybody who's gone to the cinema to pay for this could have gone and asked for the money back. So I agree with most of what you said there, but I'm not sure it lands at the feet of Samuel L. Jackson himself. What do you think about um, so Scarlett Johansson and her kind of character? And what I'll say is I'll put my cards on the table straight away and then, then you can chew on it and, and see if you agree yeah. or not. But for me, it almost reminds me of Viper from yes. Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. The way yes. she was coming across there it is that kind of silly, campy comic book character you know that femme fatale type and i i just think when you've got this acting talent on there this is not um no treat no surrender chris no (laughs) this is not keith vitale that you're trying to get a tune out of these are good good solid actors and this is 2008 this is the same year that iron man came out the same year that the dark knight came out where Heath Ledger got an Oscar for. I just think it's got to be the director. It's got to come down to what is the director trying to get across to the audience? And he's directing those actors to deliver that performance. I'm sorry, he's he's a bit of a legend. I've loved lots of his stories. He pretty much made daredevil what he is today with a lot of those runs that he's done you know you love the first daredevil series that that is pretty much frank miller's daredevil right there but fucking hell (laughs) this is terrible and i i don't know what i'm gonna leave the door slightly open because I, i don't think he had a great time making this and i think the problem is with the problem is with movies that you don't get in comic books with the comic books, you have to collaborate between the writer and the artist. With movies, you have to collaborate with fucking everyone, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and there's a lot of studio meddling and interference all steps along the way. And I think, you know, the experienced directors can manage that a little bit better, you know, uh, uh, but then people that don't 
they're the ones that you come out and, and say, uh, you know, well, I, this wasn't the movie I wanted to make. And it's like, you're the fucking director. So us, you know, we're not directors, so we don't really know and live and breathe it. But you get the impression a lot of them are kind of strong-armed into, you know, doing things they don't really want to do. And it's it's just one of those things. But I think it does come down to the direction, not the individual actors. It's a good point. I, I I can't disagree with you, Dave, because something's lost somewhere in this movie. And maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong position because obviously the, the people on the screen either get all the praise or they get all the flack. It's usually afterwards mm-hmm. someone will go, oh, I mean, it was directed by, you know, Danny Boyle or whoever, or a great director or whatever. It's like the situation with Wonder Woman 84. In it, Dave. Patty Jenkins did, uh, Jennings did, uh, what she's called, Jenkins did Wonder Woman. Um, but a lot of people are slagging off like Gal Gadot and things like that. But but somewhere along the line between the directing and the direction, and you're right, the direction of the actors and actresses and the editing, someone's got a hell of a way for me personally to make it such a shit movie. And this, this had 60 million spent on it. And it's quite a contained, small set, isn't it? It's not like they're using massive set pieces. It's very much like Sin City when it's built. There's a couple of set pieces where they, they go out, but you can see most of it's on a green screen. So they spent $60 million on the CGI, special effects and everything, and it just doesn't come across at all. And you're yeah. right, Scarlett Johansson and Eva Mendes are literally, to be honest, let's be honest, on the reviews, it's like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, stuff like that. But they actually knock it up a few points, Dave, because they're just like, even 12 years ago now, they wouldn't be dressed like that in a movie in 2020. You know, Charlie Johansson's yeah. got a, a boobs are literally squeezed up. You know, even Mendes is exactly the same. She's, you know, later on, she's, you get a full naked back shot of her, don't you, as well? You know, so so them sort of liberties probably wouldn't be in movies in 2020, certainly not a superhero-based one. You know what? And I, I'd kind of... You know, when you hear certain things, and this is something I've probably just got to get better at, but but I've heard, you know, how misogynistic Frank Miller is. And then I think of, like I say, the stories that I'm most familiar with are are like where Elektra gets introduced. So he created Elektra, and, you know, there is not, (laughs) there aren't many more badass female characters than her. And I think it was, I think Alan Moore said, you know, about how misogynistic he was. And I I was kind of like, wow, yeah. I mean, for a start, Alan Moore's a grumpy fucker anyway, to be honest. Absolute legend. Uh, But, you know, he's a bit grumpy. I don't think anyone will argue that. Probably wouldn't even himself. Um, So I didn't really pay that much attention to it. But I must admit, watching this movie, I've just thought, fucking hell. And I thought back to that feedback and I thought, you know what, all those people who have sort of said, oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't see it myself. Well, I've got to tell you, now I fucking see it. You know, that that thing of like just all the blokes are over the top, you know, heroic and larger than life and all the, um, the women are basically boobs on screen and damsels in distress. I just, yeah, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable watching, and I had to, I had to keep checking. I was like, "Yeah, it's two thousand and eight. Jesus Christ, this this film feels like it belongs in the in the eighties or the nineties." 
Yeah, I'd say early 90s, late 80s. I agree. I totally agree. And that isn't me or you being, you know, PC or just going down the, you know, we're, we're supportive of Me Too, which we obviously are, and just trying to be politically correct for the podcast. But we've educated ourselves, Dave. Look, the two beautiful women, Eva Mendes is absolutely my type. You know, you'll know I love that Spanish Latino look, Dave. Absolutely stunning uh, woman. But even, you know, 42 years old, Dave, maybe 12 years ago when this come out, I'd have been all for it. Oh, great. We can't wait to see a, a naked or whatever. But you grow up, you realize, you know what I mean? We've got daughters ourselves. It's like the world isn't about that anymore. Or well, saying that, if you go on fucking TikTok, Dave, it's still going by looking at some of the bloody videos I've seen on there. But uh, not that I've studied them, Dave, but I've seen all sorts. But the world changes and it's changing for the better for um, lead ladies and stuff. And I, I just yeah. think this is this is from an era that isn't from 2008. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not just about well, let like you say, educating myself, yourselves. I, I haven't personally gone out and read a book on, on misogyny or anything, but you do hear the feedback. And I guess because we we watch a lot of movies, don't we? You know, and we, yeah. we review them on podcasts, some of them, but we, we watch a lot more besides that as well. And you do realize, particularly as we're, we're – very mindful of the years that they're created, you can see a trend. And even though you sort of think, oh, yeah, well, we've been fairly inclusive for for decades now. Fucking hell, you want to go back and watch some things from the 80s and the 90s? Even the 90s at the time, I'm thinking, yeah, it's very groovy time. You know, it's all, all very progressive and fucking hell. Some of the things we've seen in nineties films, it's, it's just not right. Is it? Um, no, but this no. one for the, for 2008 feels particularly, uh, out of place, I think. Um, but yeah. So in terms of the direction for the, for the characters and, and directing that char- uh, actor talent, I just think, uh, I've got to lay that at the feet of, of Miller, to be honest. Yeah, and you're right. You're probably right because obviously, as the spirit progresses through this, and we get to learn about his character and his, his origin story, and straight away we do get to meet Eva Mendes's character, don't we? Uh, Sans Sarif, she, yep. she's his childhood sweetheart. They have a bust up. He says he wants to be a cop. She hates the cops. She goes off, says, I want to be rich, famous. I don't want this life, blah, blah, blah. And you can tell it's her because she's got the Latino look and she's got the mole on mm-hmm. her, her lip on her left-hand side. So you see, you sort of know there's an origin there. She comes out of the water, shoots, she goes to shoot that guy. But you realize, I thought she'd been shot at first. And it's not, it's the octopus. That Obviously, like you say, the, the Samuel L. Jackson, we get this full crappy fight where it's like Laurel and Hardy. The spirit gets one in the bollocks. Samuel L. Jackson gets one in the head. The toilet scene, as you've mentioned, it's just shit. And, and, and the cinematography should just work. It should work and should be brilliant because you've got like anything that's red really stands out just like Sin City. But it's just crap. There's loads of great close-ups of like Samuel L. Jackson and and his his makeup and everything and what they've they've done with the effects and that. But the story's so bad and them henchmen, Dave, are terrible. Oh, oh my god, they've all got names on, haven't they? And everything. But, but do you not think that in particular is so Batman sixty six? Yes, it is. Yes, like the Joker would have them, or the Riddler would have like these yeah, uh, numbskulls. Do, do you remember Penguin, um, the movie? Or, that, I'm sure it was the yeah. Penguin, wasn't it? Who, I think it who was, rehydrated yeah. them in yes, the back cave. Yeah. yeah, it's that. 
it, you know what, Dave? I didn't even think of that reference. As long as we didn't get a fucking bomb thrown over into the sea and then Robin's go, Batman, where are you? And he's right next to still the best ever. He's still the best ever. He's still the best ever. Oh, no, it's the ducks. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy bomb, Batman. I'm, I'm here, Robin. Don't worry. Oh, you didn't see me right next to you. No, I didn't oh, see I you. I still love that, mate. He's brilliant. That is one of the best ever. It's no Contextually, there's no way you would not see someone lay down next to you next to you. So fucking brilliant. Anyway, that's fucking better than this. But what I think I think that's the problem, Dave. Like I, I, I took it as this is a poor man's computer game, and tried to watch it, and it runs at like um, one hundred and three minutes, and it really is a slog. It, there's not much direction, and Samuel L. Jackson's just chewing the scene up every time he's on the octopus. I don't get the references, the spirit. You know, he's the same as Samuel. He's been brought back to life. He was a beat cop, wasn't he? And, and he, he seems to be impenetrable to sort of pain. Or if he does get pain, he, he comes back, doesn't he, from being shot, knifed, anything. But I'm just not invested in him. I just don't think he's very good in it at all. And I, I, ju- I don't know. I just can't work out what went wrong because it, it had so many things. And I think even Mendes is probably the only one I think is okay in this. But she requested to work with Frank Miller on this, Dave, and I'm yeah. thinking, my God. And she isn't. Look, Eva Mendes is stunning. She's been in some of the recent Fast and Furious films, like you say. She's been in d- uh, different movies that we've seen, Ghost Rider. She's not really a top-tier actress, is she? Really, Dave. I couldn't say that she's she's pulled out a, an Oscar-winning performance in anything. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, I, can't, I, I don't, think, can't think of anything. That's what I mean. No. You, you couldn't think of anything, could you? Like you, you could say straight away, Scarlett Johansson's been in loads of films where she just she was in that one about with her Adam Driver where they were getting divorced in New York, and it's like supposed to. Be, I've never watched it. It's supposed to be a brilliant movie about real life struggles of like one in a relationship to work, and it just doesn't, you know, and things like that. And she's made some cracking movies, Scarlett Johansson. But Eva Mendes isn't a top tier actress, really, Dave. She isn't. Um, and and I think she, for me, she comes out of it with a little bit of credit. But I I just I just find the whole idea of like coming off the page onto the screen, and you know I'm not a comic book reader or or, or anything like that. It's just an absolute shit show of a movie. It's all over the place, and every woman just wants to give the spirit one. It's almost samurai cop levels of oh, you bastard! You <laughs> <laughs> got there before me. me. <laughs> this was Joe Marshall, you know, in two thousand and eight, wasn't it? Now, Samurai yeah. Cop is what do you reckon the worst movie? I mean, we did see for your height only that that might have just pipped it, but Samurai Cop is at least in the top three worst movies we've seen. And we have seen some turkeys. And it is comical how every woman wants to sleep with Joe as soon as they meet him. But that's the trope that they're using here in this $60 million movie. (laughs) It's exactly the same. Every woman has that kind of and and i do have to say you know i can imagine i've I've watched many 40s movies chris or 50s movies but you know that whole woman role of just going oh you know can't you come home with me blah 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 you know and it's like oh come on this surely a 2008 movie is not this even if it's going and and i think it's almost like that Batman 1989 kind of feel as well, isn't it? It's almost set in the 30s, 
but it's kind of modern day as well. It's, it's sort of vague where it's really set. Um, because, yeah, you've got Sarah Paulson. And actually, my, my daughter's watching, uh, is it American Horror Story? I think it is. And that's Sarah oh, yeah, Paulson's yeah. in that as well. Yeah. So it was a bit weird. I, I was watching it. I was like, oh, I recognize her. She's been in a few things her day, hasn't she? She's quite a well-known actress now. She's done a lot of TV. She's done a lot of the streaming stuff. She pops she's up in. in the old, um, she was the screaming Hong, uh, Hong Kong, <laughs> King Kong <laughs> lady, wasn't she? Yes, she was. She, she's, um, yeah, I just, like you say, I, I, it's just weird. It's just a, a really mishmash movie that... On so many levels, it's terrible. And, and I think what, what gets me is, Dave, like the, the introducing different things, like Eva Mendes' character is absolute badass, isn't he? He's got this, you know, little mask on. We, we reviewed The Lone Ranger, didn't we, mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's very similar like that in the respect that, you know, he's got a little mask on and keeps the mask on. And you sort of see him take it off once for her. But she kills her husband and everything, doesn't she? Like she's trying to make a deal with the octopus and that. And then the next minute she's got no clothes on Dave and a negligee and the spirit's like, uh, and I'm thinking, Whoa, what's going on here? You know, this is not again, like I say, it's of its time. You're like, wow. You know, they, they wouldn't do that in a comic book movie. And I know this is a slightly uh, adult, more adult theme one, but yeah, I haven't got a lot to say about it, Dave. It's just a shit movie. And that, and that sounds terrible. Like, so usually what I would slate it, but I just find it really difficult to talk about it. Well, it was dull, wasn't it? And I think yeah. even going back, watching Batman 66, because again, some of this stuff, like the toilet, you know, it, it, and definitely the way Samuel L. Jackson is hamming the fuck up out of this relentlessly, it's all Batman 66. But you can kind of... I think Batman 66 knows what it is. You know, there's no way you can have Adam West hanging off a rope ladder with a rubber shark <laughs> taking himself <laughs> seriously. You know what I mean? They they knew what that was. I, I, think, I think Frank Miller here thinks he's making this serious movie. And you're saying about, you know, the... Maybe some of the sexual themes, you know, and you wouldn't have that in a comic book movie. But well, you would in something like Sin City, which is supposed to be that dark and seedy world. But for me, this is just a mishmash of tones that it wants to be in that dark and seedy world. But it, it also wants to be Batman 66 done in 2008. I, I just think it's all over the place. And it, it's just so bored, this whole bloody convoluted plot, you know, the octopus, he wants to get the blood of Heracles so that he can become immortal, he can become a god. I, I, oh, I have to say, Chris, what do you think about the uh, certain German attire that oh, Samuel L. Jackson sorry, yes. uses? Uh, uh, uses? Wears. Wears. Uh, and later. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dave, that is a fucking miss for me. Why did he agree to that? That is, and I know, you know, it's about acting and someone's got to play a German and all that stuff, Dave, but this is nothing to do with this story. It's not like we're in Nazi Germany. We're not watching Hellboy, are we? 
where that was based around the war and the Germans and everything, is it, Dave? Do you know what I mean? So I can get away with that. I can believe it. Look, fucking Star Wars, as we all know, is based on the, 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 you know, the dark side of the force and, all, and then the stormtroopers. It's all Nazi-related, isn't it? It's all German, the good and the bad. That's the whole point. He just wears it. And it, it feels like I'm watching, you know, Mel Brooks did it in one of his, his movies, Dave. It's like a comedy and stuff, mm-hmm. and he dressed up as Hitler and all. It's like that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Every scene, I read this as well, and you probably read it. Every scene, he's got a different outfit on, but a fucking Nazi uniform is not the right way to go at all. I just don't understand what that brings to the film. And but, I think it's yeah. pretty t- tasteless, to be honest. It was also, like you say, it, it doesn't make sense because what is it that you're actually trying to get across? You know, the fact that he's he's trying to take the the blood of this demigod Hercules what the fuck's that got to do with parading around in a Nazi uniform exactly it doesn't it it doesn't I don't know I, I, I honestly don't know what that reference or anything even in 2008 Dave people must have gone what the fuck is he wearing a Nazi uniform for I just don't get it I don't get it at all I, I think artistically if you're trying to tell a particular story i think it's all fair game but i just i just didn't understand the context of it quite honestly so so um have you seen jojo rabbit yes i have yes i have seen jojo rabbit yeah. that's scarlett johansson scarlett johansson's in that yeah. as well and that's what the nazis and stuff played a good yeah. little role in that and you've got taika watiti yeah. and i think on one side i can't remember which side uh i'm sure he's got russian jewish ancestry and he's the one parading around as Hitler, you know. Yeah. But he plays him in this comical way, and it's it's almost a bit of a fuck you to you know that whole kind of ideal ideology. So you you know why he's doing that, why he's making that artistic choice. I just thought the I, I don't know if it's just fucking indulgence or something you know to dress up like a, a nazi like that i just I, I agree it was a massive miss and when it came on the screen i'm like holy shit what, what is he doing but like you say it's not only just the way he's dressed um it's it's the over top over the top chris i don't think david hasselhoff hams it up as much as Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie. It's just all very much over the top. And I, and I agree, he's the one on the screen. But because Scarlett Johansson's doing it as well, I, I, I just think it's the direction they're given. Yeah, it must be. It must be. It's, it's fucking awful. Awful. And I, I tell you what, Dave, I, I couldn't wait for it to end after that, I'll be honest with you. And that's not me. You know me. I can take anything and I'll give it shit. But I was like... Oh my God, this is just shit. Yeah, I mean, this is an hour and 43 minutes. Doesn't need to be longer than 90 minutes. Yes. There's just nothing. This whole kind of flirting with death as well, you know, just has, happens to be a hot lady who kind of wants him as well. Um, you know, none of that was particularly necessary. Some of the silliness in, uh, you know, when he's got the little henchman head on the jumping foot yeah and he's like i can't remember he keeps repeating something is like, that is damn weird or something like that and it's just like what's this whole scene here for <laughs> you know 
we know you're genetically experimenting. We know you've got all these clones. It, is that just supposed to be funny? Again, is that the Batman 66 part of the tone that we're getting at the minute? It, it just, gosh. I can't think, Chris, again, we've seen some bad movies. But in terms of just being utterly forgettable, because I, I will probably forget about this uh, as soon as we've stopped speaking about it, quite honestly. <laughs> um, so it's dull, it's long, and and forgettable, yeah. I, I just I can't think of anything honestly redeeming about this tour. Apart from, you know, the, some of the camera work, the cinematography, yep. Some of it looks pretty good. I don't think it looks better than Sin City, though. No, no, I don't think it does. And I think, like you said before, Sin City was gritty, Dave, wasn't it? It was dark, it was dingy. The, the reasoning behind that tone just made sense. It's a great movie, Sin City, but this is not a good movie at all. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm trying to even think now. How does it finish? <laughs> um, <laughs> So the spirit gives Sander locket back, yeah. and they kiss. What else? He goes, well, the octopus's finger moves, doesn't it? And he, uh, um, she picks it up, doesn't she? Uh, not she. He picks up floss, picks it up, and then takes the fingers, like the clones type thing, as if there's going to be another one or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll see you next one. time for the sequel. No, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you fucking won't, because it's yeah, shit. Yeah, and it made thirty nine dollars from a sixty million budget. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh. balmy. I, I just like I say, it, it's. It's a bit of a strange one, like I say, because I think certainly in his early days, Chris Frank Miller was just a brilliant writer and artist. He, he used to do it all initially uh, yeah. when he got older, Daredevil. Proper, you know, young prodigy almost, you know. He's just absolutely fantastic, and he just had that way of drawing. Things like, things like the Kingpin really kind of shaped him as well, you know, into being that daredevil antagonist, even though Kingpin was, you know, he's originally a Spider-Man villain. So, you know, this guy is talented, but he's swung and missed with this one massively. Oh, it's terrible. You're right, Dave. He has. It's just a mess. And I hope that people enjoy the podcast. Don't go and watch the film, for God's sake. Don't <laughs> don't waste your life on it. I, I really, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's on Amazon, isn't it? If you did want to, if you were a masochist, and uh, but it, there really is no reason, I don't think. And you know what? If someone actually out there likes this, give us an email. Let us know what are we missing. Um, because again, like I say, Chris, we watch some shit, and we enjoy lots of shit as well. Um, but this is this is just dull. This is the worst yeah. crime of a. Uh, a, a movie can make it is so Dave shall we get into our review I've got a good feeling about this let's go <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only one Dave so I'll go I'll go first on this one Dave um, yeah I, I, there's not much I can say I, I, the Nazi thing for me just stands out like a fucking sore form. I mean, it hides what's even worse is the acting, the directing, just the whole story. There's just not a real story that one you're invested in. You don't really take to the spirit. It, it's not got that 
feeling like you feel he's ever in danger. And like you said, the references to the 966 Batman and the, the sort of camp superhero movies we got, even Superman 2 and stuff like that. I love that movie, but there's still bits of like, stupidness in it in there especially superman 3 the bloody stupid skit that wonder woman followed at the start is stupid you know and it's all little things like that that dilute the the, the movie and, and dilute and this is just on a different level it's just a poor movie samuel jackson's crap scarlett johansson like i say eva mendes is okay i just hated every every single minute of it dave so i'm sending it off to the Phantom Zone. I can't put it anywhere else. I, I did think, was it as bad as I thought? And it was. So as we're talking about it, I'm getting even more annoyed. And I'd never heard of it, Dave. And obviously I'd never heard of it because it's so crap. So yeah, shit. What about yourself, Dave? So uh, on IMDb, this gets a 4.8. I think you said it gets 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've deliberated about this. My kind of gut... Kind of, I feel like because because the camera work isn't bad, and because you've got great acting talent there, then I think you know it's probably it probably should be a hell's kitchen. But you know what? I, when I think about it the other way, the amount of acting talent you've got there, and you make this, I see that that should surely be a deducted point as opposed to adding a yeah. point in there. It should be so much better than it than it is and again like i say i i can only think when you've got that much it's down to the direction now i'm leaving the door slightly open that it could be the direction plus the studio interference you know pushing for this particular direction uh, again it, it may be but i'll leave the door slightly open there but for me, I'm never going to watch this movie again. I, I just think it's utterly dull. There's nothing redeeming about it. The first few minutes, you're sort of thinking, if I get something like a Sin City, then, then actually there's, there's quite a bit of fun to be had here. You know, it's this gritty neo-noir uh, movie, but it's not. As soon as the, the big wrench and the toilet come out, I'm like... Pfft. I have no idea what you're going for. And, and it just continues on from there. And so, Chris, it's a phantom zone for me as well. And I can't actually think when the, the last time I actually dished out a phantom zone. So, you know, I just think it's it really is that bad. And so, yeah, the, the only positive thing I can say about this, Chris, is we don't have to watch it again. And surely whatever we do next week, it's got to be better than this. Oh, my God. What are we doing next week, Dave? Please say something half decent. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd ask me that. No, I'd... <laughs> Bear with me. Oh, I, tell I, you what, that I forgot. I'll tell you what, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent question, Chris. Well, you know what we're doing, don't you? Because we spoke about it last night. No. Chris, I actually think you're going to really like next week's movie. I may be wrong, um, but it is A History of Violence. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but it is actually no. based on a, I think it was 97, it's a Mark Wagner book, and a little known kind of comic book movie, but it is all around kind of, it is a bit gangster, a bit mobbish, um, so I think, I think you'll like this one. Let's go. Mr. 
stall. Hey, Jared. Fellas, coffee. I'm sorry, we're we're closed. Oh, I know that. I do know that. Ah, shut up! We don't carry much cash here. <laughs> don't move. Do it! our lives. Hello, my hero. Tom Stahl is a family man with long-standing ties to this community. Right now, this community is rallying behind him and calling him a hero. Way to go, Tommy. Oh, great, more reporters. You look like reporters. You're the big hero. Really don't like talking about it, sir. You sure took care of those two bad men, Joey. My name is Tom. It's Joey. Tell me. Sarah! Sarah! My daughter, where is she? What's going on, Dad? They thought they knew me. Thought I was somebody else. Nothing to worry about, Mrs. Stahl. I've been watching over. I don't know what you want, and I don't really care. You should care about what I want, because what I want might change your life. Why don't you ask Tom and ask him how come he's so good at killing people? Now, Chris, how can everyone get in contact with us? If you want to follow us, guys, on social media, at Comics in Motion P. If you want to email us, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you do get a chance, please drop us a review in your podcast catching up. We appreciate it. Me and Dave will read it out, and it helps us get out there to more people. As always, Dave, it's been great today. I know it's a terrible movie, but I love chatting to you about it, mate. So uh, big thank you, and I'll see you next time. Bye now. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. Tell the Xavier. Go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sounds. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jarrell! Kneel before Zod! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. And he's good at it.